Hello, story lovers. I have a wonderful guest for you today. Um, it's my friend, Doc Farrow. He's an actor, comedian, director, producer. Uh, you have most recently seen him as Coach Wilkins on CVS's hit uh, Young Sheldon. He uh, is here to tell us about his journey going from a veteran of the Navy after six years of service, um, coming home and, and finding himself as a comedian and a writer um, and what that uh, was like for him and the process of going from someone who has never written to understanding what the process of you know collaboration is. Collaboration is something that um, many of us take a long time to embrace. I think sometimes for writers, we think that we have to be geniuses. We have to be the one with the idea. It has to come from us. We have to do it. If we don't do it with our own two hands, we are not worth our own weight as writers. And what I finally came to learn, writing is a collaborative art right? We work our way through the forest, right? You need help to see the forest for the trees. Um, we have to rely on each other. You have to find your, your trusted friends. I say this all the time, who, who will give you their opinion on your writing because you cannot see your own writing. And once you start realizing that you don't have to prove yourself by doing it alone, because that's not what the art of writing is, you start to grow. You start to be able to give notes and receive notes much better, and then all that, and then everything comes into play. The rhythm of being a writer makes so much more sense when you realize what a collaborative art it is. I say this all the time: no writer is an island, right? No man is an island, right? <laughs> no writer is an island. We don't sit by ourselves. We write so that we can share, so that we can experience together, so that actors can read our words, so that directors can direct our visuals, that we write. All collaborative. It's not meant to be explored in a vacuum the way that a novelist writes in a vacuum. And even that can also be considered collaborative art. You know, you're nothing without your editor. So um, Doc has some great insight on um, how he went from someone who resisted collaboration to someone who embraces it now. I think embracing collaboration is a sign of writer maturity in a lot of ways. And I'm grateful that I've gotten to a place in my career where I understand that collaborating only makes the work better. It does not diminish me or my talent because guess what? I'm going to share with others the way they share with me, right? If you have writers you respect, we all help each other. So uh, yeah, so I hope you enjoy the episode with, with Doc today. Doc, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, no problem. Good morning and hi. Well, I don't know if it's morning when the oh, back, but who knows what time of day it is where, right? <laughs> all over the world, right? Right. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Ah, thank you. I love um I love your story. You know, you started coming to the actors gym, geez, six years ago, seven years ago. How long ago is it, Doc? Two thousand uh 15 is when i started workshopping um the wolf well-fed wolf so yes. 
Yeah, that was when I started on the Monday night and um, uh, went over to Bobby as well. But uh, the Monday yeah. night was where I got most of the work uh, with 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 you, Miss Amanda. Uh, and that's yeah, that's when I first started coming to the gym. Uh, I I'd, I'd just gotten to uh, Los Angeles, I guess, 2009 and went to acting school. And then uh, in 2012, uh, we were doing some comedy uh, sketch writing and uh, every idea that I had this guy just kept saying, no, it won't work. No, it won't work. No, it won't work. And I was like, I guess I'm going to have to do this myself then. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, which was a great thing because, uh, I just wasn't really, re well, first of all, I wanted control and, and I wasn't ready to wait and sit for somebody else to say it was okay. And I wasn't ready to just sit on my hands and not do anything. And, uh, my first project that I wrote, uh, I wrote with a couple of the people and it was at that point, uh, the first two projects I wrote, I was, it was, it was horrible. Um, they, they were horrible. Not the people were horrible, even though they were, uh, but I was horrible at writing. It, it wasn't that I was just horrible at writing, but it was just, it was like, I could not hear anything from anybody else. I could not, every time somebody said something, uh, they were trying to take my project away and, and everything had to be my idea and so forth and so on until I got to the, the acting gym. <laughs> and let me tell you, it was the perfect timing because, uh, I was at a point where I could hear something from somebody else. And the first time we workshopped the, uh, the short, um, I remember listening to everybody's feedback and, but the first question that I had was, is it ready to produce? And the first answer you said was no, it's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I wanted, I just went like, okay, you, you're clapping at it. You're, you're saying it's good. It's ready. And you said, no, it's not. And I was that when I heard that first, I had made a promise that until somebody said, okay, you're ready to move into pre-production, then I wasn't going to do that. And I made the mistake up until that project. I, I say mistake. It, it, it doesn't work for me. But I made uh, the mistake of having the writing process as a part of pre-production. Mm -hmm. And I learned that one of two things is going to happen when I do that. Either I'm going to rush the script and it's not going to come out well. Or I'm going to have to just keep pushing production back because the script's not ready. Um, and what I love about uh, both Bobby and, and Amanda is that they just ask, "Are you guys with?" And Bobby always says, "Are you with it? Do you do you uh, do you want to see the sequel, or or, or are <laughs> you you, you know <laughs> want to see more, or do you want to run into the uh, and get your get your money back and throw coffee or, or you know popcorn in somebody's face or something like that?" So. Uh, and and um, for for the short, uh, both shorts that I did through 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 Actors Gym, at least I mean, only we went through three uh, rewrites of it, and, and I I was very, I was first of all I was uh, again in that first time in being in that space where it was you have to redo this because other people are not with this, and and and, and I was my energy was in that place of okay. I'm not garbage and you're not trying to take my project. You actually are helping me and trying to get this to be stripped down to its, to its rawest form. And um, I was the next three weeks, I was just writing and writing, rewriting and rewriting and taking, taking suggestions and leaving the ones that I didn't, that didn't, um, you know, enter into the factors. And within three weeks, it was like, yes, it's ready to produce down. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, do you think that that what that's a maturity thing? Do you think that's I believe that is a almost like a rite of passage for a writer where you have to realize that writing is a collaborative art, but you also mm. have to find the place that you know is collaborative mm. as opposed to opinionated. And, 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 you know, uh, you know, it really is such a, a, a distinction that every writer has to find where we say, you know what, uh, these people get what I'm trying to do and I'm going to take their advice because they get it and mm. they're, ma- and they're helping me make it better. Like, as opposed to what you said was just telling me things don't work and not, and not telling me why. <laughs> and so what do you think about that? Is that a maturity uh, level to understand the difference and put yourself in the situation that you are going to succeed? I'd say maturity, uh, yes, and and not to take away from that word. I don't know if maturity is the right word. Uh, I think it's it's the there's a whole sentence that goes behind that that probably means maturity, but I think it's more of understanding or at least even learning to hear your own voice. And once I started hearing my voice, especially in stand up, probably more important in stand up because. Every time I uh, do an open mic or, or, or do a show, somebody's always going, you know, if you try this, no, because with stand up, I, I know my own voice better. Um, and when it came to starting to write, it was finding my own voice. And that way, when people were saying, hey, you should try this, I'd go, OK, that actually does sound great. And when other things come by, it's like, that's not the voice that I'm, that I'm seeing right now. And that's tricky as well, especially in the, the, this process where 50 people are, 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 you know, critiquing, then, then it, it, it does take some quiet and, and some real stillness about understanding myself. So uh, if that means maturity, then yes. <laughs> I'm glad, you know, I, I'm glad you made the distinction because, um, you know, maturity in, in terms of a writer's journey, right? So yeah. not necessarily a personal maturity, but just a, a, a maybe, a, maybe the word is, um, a, a more a seasonedness, you know, where you've been, where you know what works and you know what doesn't. And like you said, you're really trying yeah. to find your voice is so important. Yeah. And I think all of that comes along with, I, I think um, that as I think about the word maturity and growing up period, and, you know, you're finding your voice, you're separating yourself from what other people think you're, you're becoming that individualized, but still a part of, part of a group, part of a tribe, a, a collaboration on life. So absolutely. Yeah. Where do you think that it's brought you till now from then? And and I just want to, for our listeners to understand that, you know, it was, it's been such a joy to see the person who walked into, you know, our writing uh, workshop, acting writing workshop, the actor's jib saying, I have the short and now to where you are now is it's just been so wonderful to watch. So, yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you uh, that first short and the, and the, the, the second one saved rounds. Uh, it brought me to a place uh, emotionally that allows me to go to some really deep and darker places for me. And and I don't know if there should be a separation, but I I tend not to write anything that I'm not going to act in. Um, And that the first time, the second time that we did uh, that we did rewrites for, for well-fed wolf uh, you could, you could see that it was, I was touching on places that I had not, before and that I had to push through that because that's part of the work. And now I, I feel that I can write to those places better. Um, I can start writing to those faces faster. Um, and at the same time, I haven't gotten to a place where I could 
craft it immediately. It, it, like I have to uh, very much. So I have to spill it all out on paper and, and spill it all out of my mind. I think that's the trickier part for me right now is that getting it from my mind to my, to the paper is taking longer right now. And I have a lot more distractions uh, in my life right now than, than before. But, um, but I will say that now I can see the beauty in, 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 in a lot of the tragedy that I have to write. And, to the point now where I can't watch a movie and sometimes just adult cartoons, you know, uh, I, I cry, I cried at, at American, American dad the other day. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? But I, but, but he, but Stan is so frustrated and I get it now. You know? <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll be watching a movie and I just, I just pluck out whatever they're feeling. It doesn't matter who it is. And I run it and it just, I, I like, I, I start crying for, for, for absolutely no, that availability is more now um, mm-hmm. for me as a writer and as, and, and as a, as an actor as well, it, that availability to see the human experience and start applying it to, to, to my life or, or to the character's life and, and finding that that's, that is bigger in my life now. And, and that is something that I, it took me, took me a couple of years in acting school to even find anger without, you know, without putting it on somebody else or, or, or being afraid of myself and what I may or may not experience or do to someone else in the middle of a scene where I had to be angry. It took me a couple of years and it took me, it, it's, uh, it, it took me about four years to be able to write it without, um, feeling like, um, I was, feeling like I was too threatening to even the audience that I'm writing to um, and understanding that my character, the the characters that I'm writing have to go through, uh, have to at least go to that really, really horrible place first, even if it's just, just to, to, to pull out their heroism uh, um, that they have to go through. You have to have a bad guy who's going to, who's going to be really, really bad. Um, so uh, it, it's 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 definitely slow rolling for me, but uh, being able to have access to that those those regions of my soul and my mind, you know, again, this journey that we all have to go on to understand when we're being surface level and when we're really digging in, and 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 when you get to the point where you understand that more quickly, that's that's when you things really start to spark, right? Yeah, yeah. So let let me ask you a question. So, um, you know, tell me about the moment, you know, this is story love. So I always like to pinpoint the moments when we realized, you know what? Writing means something. I'm going that way. This is, this is who I am. And, uh, and, and, and it's calling to me. What, what was that moment for you? Tell me about this journey. You know, a a part of that was the, the moment that, um, somebody else said, no, you can't write that. Um, but as far as having to write, or, or at least uh, for me, it was more of not waiting around for uh, somebody else to write for me. Um, I'm not booking anything in auditions. Great. I've got a, I've got a phone. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and do this. Um, a part of that, there was this, uh, for me, it was military. Uh, I, I, when I went to, when I got back from Iraq the second time, I stopped watching military movies altogether. I, I, uh, I, I would put the DVD in, in the, in the uh, DVD player and I couldn't press play like it. And I had 
you know, 50 or a hundred war movies before I went to Iraq and I, and I still had them in a collection, but I could, I just couldn't watch them. And then I uh, watched um, a couple of movies uh, later on when, after, after a couple of years of of going through therapy and being able to process myself through watching these films um, that, that really just really shot daggers into my own heart because of the experiences were just realer for me. And I couldn't, I just couldn't watch movies, but after I started watching them, I started getting really angry. Uh, not because, uh, not because performances were bad, but because, uh, I, like, I hear one word that's not right. Um, in a war movie and I'm like, you motherfuckers. Uh, and I'll tell you the, the biggest thing, and I want to tell everybody this because it's a writer, it's a writing thing. But when somebody is on a radio for a military film and they say, repeat what you just said or repeat your last, that is the, that is the absolute wrong thing to say on the radio when you're talking to other people, uh, period. You always say, say again, repeat means something completely different. And they do it in every... Yeah, that's how mad I get. They do it in every goddamn movie. And it was like, okay, all right, there's some authenticity that doesn't translate here. And that's when I said, you know what? Uh, and, and my uh, my first two films and probably the next six films that I have up here, at least, are all are all about the military in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, I, I, I haven't been able to, to, to want to or, or be really driven to write about the experience itself um, because I put so much time uh, before I started writing and, and acting after I got out of the military. My focus, my lens is right now the veteran's experience. So uh, two of my, my one, two of my, uh, well, three um, of the directors that I have in my mind that really pay honor to the, the veteran experience or the, the military experience. Um, uh, Clint Eastwood, um, Oliver Stone and, uh, well, Antoine Fuqua to us, to us, to a certain extent. And, um, uh, Mel Gibson, uh, they really, really pay honor to the story. And, and when I started to think about not only what, what some people were getting really wrong, um, and how how much it was affecting me not even being able to watch movies and and that's a common trait for for veterans uh my father would not go see uh saving private ryan um i asked him if if you know if you would be okay seeing it with me and he goes i'll think about it and he he never watched a movie um and, and he died you know 10 years after the movie came out you know mm. but um it was that point where i said okay i i need to do something with this and and it's still it still takes me a while to, to get things on the page at least. And, and also writing abstractly about the veteran experience is probably uh, the only way right now that I could even touch those things because they're, 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 they're not as abstract as, as um, they're not that abstract as far as the experience itself, but it, now I'm not necessarily writing directly towards it. Um, but it takes me a while to get that on the page uh, out of my mind, because as soon as I start thinking about something, it's like, okay, I got it. Oh my God. Oh my God. I start crying and then uh, I'll go, okay, I, that that's in my soul. And, and now I just have to put it in the paper and, and putting it on the paper makes it more real to me. And, and again, I, I have more distractions in my life right now, but as far as having to write it, um, there's this place in me um, that 
I, I, when I went to acting school, there was a, a, a drum, um, uh, a, um, movement teacher and she said it perfectly. She says, you feel it until you have to move. And then you, you move until the very last muscle in your, in your body moves. And then you can't, you can't get it out of your body. So you have to sing or you have mm-hmm. to speak. And then for, for me, it's, it's in my body so much. And it, it's something's going to happen where I'm either going to die or implode and I have to, to get it out there. And then that, that moment between I got it on paper and then getting into the workshop and then getting the workshop and then pre-production and actually acting it is just so let's do this. Come on, let's do this. And, and I have to remember to slow myself down. Okay. Let's cause we want to get this right. But, but that moment hit me. Um, it hit me first, like in acting school. Um, and it predominantly because I, I, there was a lot of stuff that was really good that I couldn't do because they were military projects. And I just, I couldn't, one of them was called tracers that, uh, I ended up being able to perform later on, but at the time I just couldn't, couldn't reach it. And then it just started carrying on. And, and, and I've always been, um, been the same thing with stand up. Uh, it's like, I need to express something where it was just, I've got something that I could say. I've got something that nobody else can write, that nobody else has, uh, that I'm a unique human being that that has a story. Um, and putting that on paper uh, and, and seeing where that goes. Uh, 2013, it was, it, was this, it was almost like, this is what I got to do. It was just this like clong moment. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't have to wait for you to, to possibly write something that's close to me. Uh, and, and other it, with, with young Sheldon, they write very specifically towards a version of me. And I really love it. I love being able to play with that version of me. And because I'm pretty much, I'm not typecasted, but I have a, a, a type that I'm usually going to get. Um, I have like a part of my team searching for roles that, that unleash a different side of me. And when I write, I can go to some really, really places that I'm not going to be cast in right now. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that is the, 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 the drama. I like to write drama. And even when I figure out drama, it's like, <laughs> I'll write some drama and then there'll be something sarcastic or ironic. And I'm like, okay, this, this, you can't, that's, that's just too funny for this scene. So I actually, end up, I actually, I'll actually getting up finding like a, a compromise and, and even my dramas have this snarkiness to it, you know? So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fun journey and it's, it's confusing sometimes and it's, it's, but it's enlightening and it's, it's just fun to not have to be any one thing uh, to just to, to access more sides of myself without having to, to be, pigeonholed into one thing yeah i love it get, and, get, and getting out of my own way is the biggest thing um well the, but, let's talk about that i want to know i mean this is ob- an obvious answer but i just want you to speak for one more moment on after you get it out and after you get it on the page do you is there a catharsis to that for you there is um one of the things i say about uh about the the projects that i do is that when you watch it i pray and hope that you get as much healing as i did making it and there is a uh for 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 save rounds i i had locked up about two years and this is more acting but um i locked up for two years i locked up uh, things about myself that I had kind of let go of. And I brought it back for two years to be able to write it and to be able to, to act it. 
and these two, these things that I worked through, through therapy and a whole bunch of other things to get out of my system. But as I was writing it, I felt that I, I, I was going back to that place because save rounds is, is me 15 years ago. I mean, the mm -hmm. character is me 15 years ago yeah. and I held on to it. And while we were shooting it, um, j just the whole process of writing it and, and, and thank God for John Finn, because I, I could not, like, he really was able to pull together Terry, just the millennia of military history to focus it all into one thing. Mm -hmm. And while I was writing it, uh, I, I could feel myself getting more irritable, more, more discontent because I was bringing so much of that, that I had let go of, but I needed it for, for this writing. By time we got to to, to pre-production, my body had gone on to a different level as far as being able to to hyper focus um, and you know producing it at the same time. My body just said, "Let's go." My brain was continuously working, and it was continuously going back to what that person was. And and it's not that I had not healed from 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 the things that I'd gone through. It's just that there's always deeper levels of healing. Mm -hmm. And if I was able to go back to it, that means there was it was still something there. And and even that little bit that was there, going back to it and bringing out more was enough for me to to get rid of more as well. Mm -hmm. And while we were shooting, when I got to the scene that was the hardest for me, uh, the, you know, the, the kind of the, the, uh, the crux of the whole, the whole thing, the, the, um, hardest day for me. And, and I, I had to put my body in certain places that I did not like. I, I had to put my mind in a place and, and I made sure that, that for me, everybody stayed away from me except for John and, and, and the guy who I was acting with, who was so wonderful, Hector. Um, and. I also told him I only have three takes. I said, I only have three takes of this. I can't, I can't. And I actually had it in two takes, but my sound guy screwed it up. Um, but, but it was great because by the time I went to the third take, like I had it in two or John was happy in two, but it was that third one when I did it. And when I was all done, I, I completely, he said cut and I just collapsed. I collapsed, you know, John Laughlin is pouring water on my face and everybody has stopped everything. And, and it was just, it was just so, it was so horrible and so great and bitter and sweet to just let go and, and know that I had it for what I needed and that I was still getting it for what I needed for my soul. And for that reason, I'll keep writing for, for that amongst other reasons, I'll keep writing because I keep going after those parts of me that are that are locked in my body and that, that I have to, to not, I don't have to, but I do have to yeah. kind of push, push through. And, and a, a friend of mine, Deborah, Deborah Wilson, she says, uh, you know, after you go through things, you're able to go back to them from a different clarity and you don't go back to them. You don't experience or, or, or represent these things because you're stuck there. You represent them because you know where that place lives and that you, you have to be able to, if you're going to do this, you need to show someone else that that place exists, that I've been to that place and you don't have to stay there. You know, I, I talk about combat and yes, I've been to combat, but I don't know what it's like for someone who goes through a sexual trauma or, or someone who's been, you know, robbed in a bank or, or been shot and so forth and so on. And yes, my, my PTSD or, 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 or all of those things are very specific, but if I am able to strip away some of the specifics of it, that common thread of fear and pain 
go across everything. And, and, and when I can, when I can touch that place, uh, you know, and, and at least present a version of that through a story, then somebody's going to somebody, if even if it's only one person, uh, is going to be able to relate to that. And, and going back to that place for me being that catharsis is very important for me. It, it does still take a long time. Sure. Uh, and when right. I went, you know, I, I always put a, about a year or two for on the acting side and on the writing side for me to get there. But once it happens, uh, the next time is a little bit shorter and, and it's just a, 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 just a release, uh, uh, a release of, of, of having to live in that place, but mm-hmm. being able to go back to it. I want to say how wonderful it is that you are being courageous enough to touch on these hard, these painful, painful places, because this is why we make film, because we want to have this shared experience of catharsis. What, what yeah. else are we doing it for? Right. Yeah. So, um, so let me ask you this. I really want you to talk about um, how, how hard it is uh, to wear different hats. And this is because so many people that I work with, um, you know, that I do consults for or workshops or whatever. Um, they are thinking about production while they're writing. Mm. And one of the things that I have to constantly hammer home is you cannot write and direct and produce at the same time. You just can't. You have to take the hat off and you have to just be the writer. How um, how difficult is that for you? Um, how, how difficult was it? Is, is it now what you've learned in the process? And, and talk to that for a second. It is the hardest part for me. If you're if you're writing, you always get the visuals, and then when you get the visuals, you're always adjusting the camera to the visuals, and then when you see what props are in the visuals, you're always thinking about producing, and it is extremely hard for me to 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 put the the camera visuals away and feel the visuals that pop up when I write, and just write. As soon as I put as soon as I start dialogue or, or start uh, camera, uh, not camera directions, but as soon as I start painting the landscape of, of the scene, I'm bringing in booms. I'm bringing in, you know, cranes. I, I'm bringing in a stunt guy. I, and it's like, I really have to breathe and, and think of one thing at a time. When I'm drawing, the, when I'm painting the picture of the scene, I have to walk walk in my mind, I have to close my eyes and breathe and actually walk through the space myself, as opposed to where the camera is going to be. And it's extremely difficult. It takes a long time for me to do that. And then when I start dialogue, 
I have to put away the, 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 the two shot or the over the shoulder shot and just have two people talking. Because when you don't, it stifles you as a writer, right? You're Absolutely. Stifling. Absolutely. Uh, uh, thinking, uh, um, thinking, bef- thinking about the set before I get on set is really limiting uh, my thing. And, and I have this problem because I watch a movie and I go, oh my God, that was so perfect. But I forget that even when I'm on set, the words that you see on uh, the things that happen uh, in the finished product, it wasn't set that way in the writing process. It was messier. It was, it, and then you go, oh my God, Daniel Day-Lewis is so brilliant. It's like Daniel Day-Lewis spent six months getting that brilliant right. and then probably spent a half hour saying that same line over and over again from with different ways. And blah, blah, blah. and then the, the director or the writer changing the line saying, no, this works. So I have to remember that it's really, really messy. And that nice, nice tight package or, 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 or present that with a nice tidy bow on it did not happen just because they said, oh, I'm brilliant now. And now I've written this line and now you're saying, oh, God, you said it perfectly. I don't have to do this again. It doesn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. And it will never, it never happens that way. Because um, the reason I started my own production company is because I'm a control freak about my own work. And uh, I, it's hard for me to not, and that that might just be uh, military training or, or having, having responsibility prior to being uh, uh, in this in this industry. The last project I did, I, I was able to, I think that's probably really important, even though I was producing it, executive producer and so forth and so on, is that I was able to surround myself with people that I could trust and go, okay, now let me just keep thinking about the script. Let me keep thinking about the script. And, and I had John directing. I think a big part of, of, of that uh, switching hats when it comes to pre-production and being on set is being able to surround um, yourself with people who, number one, understand your voice and also that you can trust to make sure that you don't have to or I, that I don't have to worry about that stuff. I had a wonderful, wonderful producer, a wonderful director, but also to not be directing it behind the director right. was a huge thing. And, and John and I went back and forth with a couple of issues to the point where he was like, hey, well, maybe you want a different director. And I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Maybe I needed to, to, to relook at some things. Not, yeah. not that I was afraid of losing a, a director, period, but I knew that uh, that I was in a place that I just didn't know. And maybe I should, again, maybe I should listen to something else. Um, and well, we, we had that relationship where we could go, hey, uh, no, and uh, hey, yes, and hey, okay. We, you know, and, and we, we became, you know, re- it, was pro- it was one of the most profound relationships on 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 set that i uh that i've ever had but um isn't that the most important thing um that also is um something that must be developed or a rite of passage is to find your crew i just uh the, on the last podcast i did i talked about finding your crew and your crew mm. are the people that i trust you i respect you i mm. i i respect your taste so that i can I can just have this hat on and I know that we're making the same movie. Right. Yeah. So when you yeah. find those people, right. Mm. Sydney Lamette says that in his book, making movies, you, the job of the director really is to make sure that everybody's making the same movie. But when you can be on a set with a crew that, you know, 
everybody's making the same movie. You can have those discussions and then you have to, you have to defer to what hat you're wearing. And that will, you will be able to do that if you trust the person that's on the other side. And it's so important, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, Spike Lee, Scorsese, uh, you know, they've got their stock crew. They've got their stock, you know, characters that know them. I mean, they didn't just read about it or watch their movie and go, that's really cool. They built something together. And and not only did I find that with, with a, a couple of projects that I've done, but as soon as I think of something, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Because um, what's next? And if somebody else is thinking about something, because they've they've worked out so well with me with their you know the professionalism and just being able to listen and and being able to to adjust and and say, hey, uh, I know you want this shot, but it doesn't work um, uh, in the long run. I mean, I'll shoot it anyway, but understand that you're never going to use a shot. Then it's like, hey, somebody else is doing a project. You're going to want to talk to this person. And, and not just because they're good, but because they listen and, and, and they know how to be a part of something together. Yep. After my first commercial, um, when I noticed it was my first role and I noticed that I was one of two people in front of the camera, yet there was 300 people behind the camera. And I made a point uh, to do two things after that. I made a point to always ask, as soon as I get on set, I always ask what somebody else needs. doesn't matter who it is. And I made it a point to never say that I'm acting in a project, but I am simply a storyteller. And when I can put myself back into that place, I am one of 500, maybe even a thousand people that are trying to tell this story. And where do I fit in the storytelling? And it makes it more humble for me, but it also makes me more more collaborative and makes me more gel. It makes me gel better because the person who is setting this prop on the table is just as much of the storytelling as I am. The need to understand what screenwriting is that you're writing a blueprint for a film. You're not just writing a script. You are a cog in a wheel of a giant machine. Mm -hmm. Respect what everybody else does. That's going to make you better at what you do. It's just such a great point, especially from the actor's point of view, because actors tend to not look at things that way. So I'm just going to say that. So, Well, uh, I I heard an interview with Chandra, uh, Shonda Rhimes and she said, uh, you don't change my words. I won't tell you how to say them. And I think that's important, especially somebody who is, uh, you know, one of the, one of the great writers uh, of our time um, to be able to say, this is how I contribute to the project. I love that. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. So we've talked a lot. So um, let's say this is who you are now, doc, sitting across from me in this journey that you've been on. But if you could go back and look at yourself in 2014, and whisper something and say, this is the most important thing that you need to know. What do you tell that person? What do you tell your younger self? Shut up and write. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I still have to tell myself that now uh, because I won't even write a page, but yet I'm discussing all this stuff with somebody else. And there's, there's a couple of different parts to it. Like I would tell myself that, but that's something that you have to kind of experience. And it's like, the more I'm talking about it, the less I'm doing it. And I find myself still even doing it today. Uh, uh, even when I go boxing, it's like, I'll stop and, and, and tell people about a fight I, 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 I fought or, or somebody else's fight, or I'll tell people how good a shape I was when I was 20 years ago. And it's like, well, that's not now. And you still have work to do. And 
uh, when I write, I'll be at a coffee shop or, or I'll, I'll call up somebody. Hey, what do you think about this, 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 this? Well, you know what? I haven't really f- finished this. So I don't know why I'm talking to you. You know, and it, it dawns on me that I'm just, I'm talking about it for a half hour, but I'm not writing it. And once I get it on paper, then we can have a discussion about it. So my, 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 uh, yeah, shut up and shut up and write. That would be what I told tell myself as a writer. That's gold. Yeah. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So tell us what, uh, tell us, tell us more a little bit about, um, about saved rounds and, um, that process, you know, you, you said something so interesting, um, earlier about, you know, I have a cell phone, I'll pull it out and I'll shoot it. And that kind of filmmaking is so fascinating to me right now, especially being someone who does script consults so much. And, and I do, you know, teach screenwriting and, and, and it feels like we're in such a different place today than we were 20 years ago when I started, you know, uh, um, you know, we, what did we have? We had nothing. It, It was a pipe dream to write a screenplay or think that you were going to be a director. You had to go to USC or NYU or wherever you had to go. And not everybody has that money. Whereas now anyone can make a film, anybody, and you can, yep. And you can write it. You could, you, we have access to the blacklist. Here you Mm. go. Mm. Get your screenplay done, submit it. And then you're going to get notes back from professionals in three weeks that you can do your rewrites on it and then ugh, stop it. It's too, there's no more excuses. So, so talk to me about the process of, um, uh, of taking the power into your own hands and, and, and getting a finished product. Well, uh, so, well, the, the, what's really interesting is that the phone that I just showed you, um, and it's not just putting something on film or, or now digital, but these, these phones recorded like 8k at, at, uh, um, you know, everything for a cinema without, you know, anamorphic lenses. And and I I actually, Carl Zeiss makes lenses for the phone now. I have it. I'll show it to you. (laughs) It's it's crazy. And I always get phones that are big because I have big hands and I don't like looking like a clown uh, when I hold phones up. So when, when John came along, uh, I'm like, okay, again, I got a phone. Let me, let me pull back Uh, a year before that. Um, I went on a uh, a hike. Um, uh, I shot one thing, and then I went hiking in the Pacific Crest Trail. And uh, before that, uh, my friend and I were writing something else, writing the feature film of, of Save Rounds. And I said, "Look, I'm going on this hike. I'm going to put it on hold." And, and we weren't, you know, meeting as much as we could to write it. And then I shot, I already had uh, well-fed wolf already written and we shot that went on my hike. And when I came back, I was, I was already like 10th degree, just don't give a hell, give a damn about anything anyway. Um, and, and which is really fun because 2017, I just started booking everything as an actor. Cause I walked in the room, not, not caring. I was like, either I can book this or I can go back to the middle of the wilderness where I don't have to hear horn noise, you know? Uh, but <laughs> when I got back, uh, I said, do you want to keep writing this feature or do you just want to shoot some shit? And we're like, let's just shoot some shit. And, and we, we started truncating it to a short. So that's why I was like, let's just shoot this. Let's get a phone, get some people and just shoot this. And um, John showed up and he was like, we, we talked one day and then the next week uh, uh, at the actor's gym, he says, Hey, I, I brought a friend. I, I think he, 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 he wants to, he, he read the script and he wants to, 
he wants to be the cinematographer for this. And I'm like, you know, and it, it's still these levels of letting go. Cause I was like, I didn't tell you, you could bring a cinematographer. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> and, uh, I'm looking at this guy and I don't know who he is. Um, he said, Hey, this is Donald, Donald Thorin, uh, Jr. And he was very pronounced about the junior part. And I'm like, okay, here, you look like you know what you're doing. So fine. You know, <laughs> then I, then I read his, his credits and, and I was like, uh, shit. Now I, now I actually have to, to do something, you know, like I, right. it's real I, now. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's no, no, no. It's actually more surreal. Like, why does this motherfucker want to do my project? You know, I mean, for, for Donald Thorne's father, like was the cinematographer for everything good in the eighties. And, and, and his son was the cameraman. I'm like, first of all, like with John, like I looked at, it, I was like, I know you. And I'm like, look him up. I was like, Oh my God, you were beating Denzel Washington on glory. Of course I know you, you know? So I'm already like, what the hell is happening here? And we, we, he brings, he, then Donald Thorne's like, yeah, I've got a whole crew from cold case. They, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come on. And I'm like, okay, I'm not just shooting this on my phone. Now I have to come up with some money because again, I mean, I, I was like $10,000. We could do this, you know? And he's like, well, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. And um, now we're looking at a project that's going to cost about $30,000. I'm like, Okay. So I started off with shooting this on my phone and I was like, no, we're shooting this uh, period. So instead of going, if I don't have the phone, I can't shoot. I'm like, we're going to shoot this. We, we John and I are, are and, and Deborah, uh, Deborah Leonhart was my writing partner for rewriting, rewriting, you know, and, and going through this, John calls me up and says, we got to put it on hold because I got to go shoot this, this TV show called, what did he call it? He called it the walking zombies or, <laughs> or, or dead, dead people walking. Or something. I said, do you, you mean the walking dead? He goes, yeah, that's it. Have you watched it? I go, John, you're going to be on the biggest show of the last 10 years. And you don't know the name of it. He's like, I don't watch that shit, but you know, so we had to put it on hold for like three months, uh, which was good because um, uh, I'm still absorbing all of this and it's getting, it's getting more surreal, but, but realer at the same time of like all of these people want to do my project. I'm like, this is the first time that I've ever been going through this and to be, uh, I guess for the lack of a better term validated with your work that people, um, you know, key people are like, we don't need to be paid. We just want to work on something. And, and to be in that position to go, we just want to work on something that inspires us, not something that we need money on. That was humbling. I mean, that was, that was, I'd like to say that it was, it beefed my ego up, but it actually was ego crushing to be that humble, to be around people who have been in this industry forever. And they're like, this, this inspires us. It was a huge, huge thing. And he brought his crew, of course, but they, these guys, you know, I have to pay those guys. And I, I, you know, it, it was, I got a producer and I'm pretty sure she was going to leave me at some point because uh, I did not see where the money was coming from. And that was a, a huge part of this that I knew that I was going to shoot this. I had no idea where the money was coming from. I just knew that I was going to shoot it. And every step of the way, the money was just starting to show up. And, and, and uh, I, do you but, mind if I ask um, hmm. for our listeners, you know, we have these ideas. We don't know how to make them happen. Can you say a little bit how you got the money to come in? It was it was it a, the universe thing? Because by the way, you said you were going to shoot something with the cell phone. You went out and you did it. Next thing you know, things start happening. That's the universe. 
that, that, uh, you know, it's all the universe period. Um, we had started with crowdfunding and we crowdfunded about $13,000. Great. Um, and, but that was nowhere near enough. Right. Uh, cause again, we were just going to, you know, sure. shoot something. And then when Donald Thorne, uh, he was saying, Oh, well, you know, don't worry about cameras. Um, cause Panavision is, you know, where I keep my stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so now we have a $500,000 camera package complete with video village and all that crazy shit. Outrageous. But then it was insurance. I had to create insurance for that. And, um, it ended up being, uh, at, at, for some reason, out of nowhere, I get a call from a friend of mine who I was in the military with. And he was like, hey, man, I just invested a whole, some money in this. And I just, get, you know, got some real estate. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> so uh, I, can, I, I can't tell you it's an investment, but I can tell you that it's something that I need. So he, you know, he was just like, yeah, I got it. There you go. You know, um, and, isn't it, isn't it about having the guts to believe in yourself and in your project to ask it, you know, sometimes it's all it takes is your own belief in what you're doing. Yeah, it, it absolutely. Um, I, I, I didn't bring him to, to me because I hadn't talked to him in years. I didn't bring him to me, but I did say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I know that when I show up on a set, that there's millions of dollars prior to me showing up on set. And they're betting on me. They're betting on the story. They're betting on everything that's happening right. But for me to have that, for us to have that, um, and it's just it was just so so amazing. And and to not to 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 not say yeah I did this, but to say fuck we did this, and, and to be able to show up and, and understand that these these guys are here because they're betting on us too. And, and, and we're, we're betting on the story and, and they want to create something. Right. Uh, it was, it was just, uh, it just made it, it, it just made it just so much better. Um, just to, with that knowledge and with that, that attitude for me, it was just all of these people were showing up and, uh, and then of course in posts, uh, didn't have the money for, for post at all either. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> this, I love this. I love this. I'm at a Christmas party for, for young Sheldon. And this is just the end of the second year. And for young Sheldon, I, I have to grow my hair out everywhere and they cover up my tattoos on my arms. So I'm outside the gate and I'm talking to these gentlemen who are just, you know, having fun, laughing. At and I said, uh, Hey, you guys are waiting for the Christmas party. Are you on the show? And they were like, yes, uh, we, we, uh, we, we do the post-production. I said, Oh, okay. And they said, what do you do? I go, I, I'm a, because I know they, I'm looking just like this when I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm an actor. Oh, you're an actor on the show. I go, I'm like, coach Wilkins. And they go, Oh, you're co We didn't even recognize you. We see all your dailies. We you guys are so funny. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, so I wasn't even asking for anything. I just wanted knowledge. I said, Hey guys, what do you do in post? They said, Oh, well, we we have we we do the editing sometimes somebody else does the editing but more importantly we do color correction and i'm like oh shit i i know absolutely nothing about color correcting i know that it's a whole separate craft and usually costs more than editing uh but can, so i don't know the post production process uh very well I, i've got this film and I, uh how does it as soon as i said how does it they said get it to us we'll finish it 
I didn't tell him. I, I didn't tell him it was a a, a a short film. I didn't tell him it was a feature. I didn't tell him it was a docu series. I didn't tell him any of that. They said, "Talk to Sylvia, get it to us. We'll finish it." Wow. They they, they these guys did about twenty two thousand dollars worth of work for nothing. And you know, Doc, that's also a testament to you. It's a testament to you for for how you show up to your job and how you show up for people. And no, you know, that's also a testament to how you approach the mm. things that that's coming back to you. And that's important to say, you know. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would also tell myself that in uh, 2014 as well uh, that it's not. It's just. It's. It's the 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 story is not about me. The acting is not about me. Everything I everything I need to do as a writer and as an actor is is somewhere else that I need to get it to, um, and, and you know it 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 became less about me around uh, around the time around that time uh, when I when I got to this place of of watching myself or, or feeling myself putting things out for everyone else. I mean, you said it before. The story is about who it can touch, not about me touching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, you didn't say that, but that's that's what yeah. I meant. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but but so uh, I would tell myself that just into a more abstract um, level of just a, a broader level of just than just writing is that I don't know how far reaching the implications are of 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 the positive things I do, nor the negative things that I do, and. Um, I did a, I did a, 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 a web series. And, and a part of that is this guy who makes this crappy movie um, is it's con man is the, the name of the project. Alan Tudyk and this guy who makes this crappy stuff. And he made this one thing that ended up. And, and before I get to it, it ended up on the Pakistan border being sold at a gas station. Right. So he's, he's, he's just mad at his life because it's, it's and, I end up saving his life. And, and one of the reasons why I save his life is because, man, I saw that, that film you did, man. Yeah, we were in Afghanistan. We went to this gas station on the Pakistan border and, and we watched this film. And because we were in Afghanistan, we had nothing else to watch, but it made us laugh and laugh. Oh, and my laugh. gosh, that's beautiful. And that's just in the fictional world. If the universe works that way, and it does, everything has its implications across the entire universe. I I, I personally um, have have gone through uh, you know alcohol and drug issues uh, earlier in my life, and I was sitting talking to someone, and I was just telling them my story about about you know uh, alcohol and military and so forth and so on. And I happened to be sitting right next to someone who had just gotten back from a second deployment, and he was being sent to to court because of, of drunk driving, and. I don't, I didn't bring that person to me. I didn't, I don't know what that person's doing right now. Cause that was 15 years ago, but I do know that there was a line, not a not linear line that was drawn from to ni- uh, 1978 in North Carolina being born to now being in Riverside, California, talking to this dude that I don't, I can't draw by myself. Yeah. And and the universe does that. And, and you know, uh, even the negative things that I have, you know, with, with alcohol and drugs still, still, still has implications of how it can be of service to someone else. And, and that's, that's one of the, the things that I'd like to do as a writer is, and an actor is, is to, you know, be that expression of something that somebody's going to, to, to somebody eventually is going to, to be able to be a part of. Yeah. 
Ah, that's beautiful, Doc. Thank you so much. So, um, you know, saved rounds, uh, 22 different film festivals, winning awards. Yeah. Amazing. So we got saved rounds. We got young Sheldon. We'll be looking out for you. And what else else should we be looking for? I'm going to be in Texas next month, May. Uh, I'm still setting up shows, but I've got a few shows. Uh, I'm just... Now that we're opening back up, um, and I'd like to not necessarily do Zoom shows, and I've never done Texas, uh, so I'm going to go spread the laughter seeds uh, in Texas for a month. Um, uh, yeah, find me on on social medias, and you'll see what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Um, at J Doc Farrow for both uh, Facebook and, and Instagram. Other than those things, I'm I'm just kind of living life right now. And uh, after the first few months of 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 COVID. Uh, after I had watched everything on Netflix, um, I, I, you know, just decided to start boxing again. And, uh, while I'm in Texas, I think I'm going to go, uh, be a jump master. I'm going to go skydiving. Uh, oh, good for Texas. you. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, listen, you keep me posted doc and I wish you nothing but the absolute best. Thank you so much. It's really great to see you. Thank you for having me. Yeah.